Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we're reading Stolen Kiss. Reviewers say, suspense, romance, it has it all. And another, this kept me on the edge of my seat. Stolen Kiss is a must-read for romantic suspense fans. You've probably heard of Goodreads, but a new site, Ream Stories, is connecting authors and readers. You can follow authors and get an inside view to their writing process, join them in special Facebook groups, and even hear some of your own short stories read aloud to the group. Once Ream Stories finalizes the ability to upload audiobooks, you can enjoy some of my ultra-steamy audiobooks. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 10 Brett stretched out his arms and checked the buttons at his wrists on his long-sleeved dress shirt. Satisfied, he ran his hand down his chest to smooth out the soft fabric. A good first impression was critical to success, and that meant paying attention to detail in everything. He'd studied etiquette manuals, so his manners always impressed the ladies. His good looks didn't hurt either. He diligently studied home improvement techniques so that when he was showing a house, he was ready with an answer to any problem or issue plaguing the house. These little advantages worked together to put money in his pocket and women in his bed. Last night he'd slept like a baby in the arms of the Sandman. The nightmares that typically haunted him were silenced as visions of Mandy's angelic face danced through his dreams. The days following one of his projects were always peaceful. He relished the serenity, yet he didn't know how long it would last. Sometimes the nightmares returned quickly, with the speed and ferocity of a demonic beast demanding to be fed again. Other times, the beast within him slept quietly, as if well sated from the sacrifice Brett had laid before it. He hoped his offering of Mandy had lulled the beast into a long, quiet respite. Walking to his king-size bed, he noticed that one of the pillows was crooked. He lifted the pillow, fluffed it, and placed it at the head of the bed. Taking a step back, he eyed the bed to ensure that everything was perfect. The comforter was smoothed out on top and hung an equidistance from the floor around the sides of the bed. His nightstand was clutter-free, except for his iPad, which lay next to the lamp and clock. With a content nod, he strode into the walk-in closet for one last look. His closet was meticulously laid out. Everything was organized by color. The pants started at one side of the closet. His long-sleeved shirts came next, and then his short-sleeved shirts. A shoe organizer lined a side wall. He wasn't a shoe hound, but he did have shoes for every occasion. Pull-out drawers lined the wall opposite the shoes. Anticipation thrilled him as he opened one of the drawers. It wasn't just a drawer. It was a safe. He'd seen these drawer safes in the finer homes for ladies' jewelry or for personal handguns. He didn't have fine jewelry, but he collected a treasure that was priceless to him. As his collection expanded, he knew he needed a safe place for his projects, so he installed one of the safes. He figured he could install another one in another drawer when the time came. Keeping his work safe in his bedroom closet ensured that his projects were easily accessible whenever he needed to reconnect or find peace. Pressing his finger against the biometric scanner, the lock disengaged. He flipped open the door to reveal brown envelopes. Each envelope was labeled with a woman's name at the top left corner. Mandy Baldwin's envelope was on top. He picked up the six-by-nine-inch envelope and pulled out the Polaroid pictures. 
He relished the feel of them in his hands. Their coolness soothed him as the knowledge of their flawless images of Mandy were captured for all time. Capturing one of his perfections always left him with a high. The rush of adrenaline coursed through his veins like lightning zipping down a lightning rod. He stared at the top picture. Mandy lay naked on the bed, like a Disney princess waiting for her lover's kiss. Her brown hair draped over her shoulders and stood out against the white sheets. Her hands rested on her flat stomach, showcasing her colored nails that rested on her fair skin. He flipped to the next picture, and then the next, treasuring each picture that was taken from a different angle to highlight a specific part of her body. He congratulated himself on capturing Mandy's spirit and beauty in the pictures. Brett's eyes drew together as he realized one of the pictures was missing. He flipped quickly through the small stack. His heart raced for different reasons as fear flooded him. He set each picture down in the drawer as he counted them. Nine. There should be ten. He counted them again, hoping that he'd made a mistake or that two had stuck together. Nine pictures. He leaned against the drawers and swiped a hand through his gelled hair. How could he have been so careless? When the pictures fell from Andy's bed, he'd picked them up, but he hadn't counted them. Had one dropped under the bed? Had it tangled in the sheet? Where was it? Was it still there? As of last night, the news of Mandy's suicide had not been reported. He'd have to go back and find the picture. That would be dangerous now that it was morning. Neighbors would be leaving for work. Kids would be congregating at bus stops. But it had to be done. He couldn't risk someone finding the picture. He jammed Mandy's pictures into the envelope and set it in the drawer. Slamming the cover of the safe, he made sure it was locked and rushed to his car. His heart thundered in his chest when he pulled into Mandy's neighborhood. A car passed him as it pulled onto the street. He thought it was odd that the man had craned his head to stare at him as he passed. Did the man know about Mandy's death? Was he looking for suspects? Brett adjusted his grip on the steering wheel and squeezed it tighter as he eased down the street. Women hurried along the sidewalk in their bathrobes. Kids sprinted through the grass and yelled at each other. Sweat heated Brett's armpits when the flashing lights came into view. Nausea gripped him. He slowed as he rolled past Mandy's house. Police cars lined the street. The coroner's van was in the driveway. Neighbors huddled on the sidewalk from a safe distance, shaking their heads and pointing at the house. He didn't need to hear the whispers to know what the hubbub was about. He was too late. A tall man and two police officers stood by the front door of Mandy's house. When the man quickly looked at the crowd forming on the sidewalk, Brett recognized him as the man who frequented Mandy's house. Brett was confident that the man wasn't a lover, but it was obvious that he was distressed. Although the man appeared controlled, his body language screamed at the police officers. He motioned with his hands and shook his head back and forth. He moved to open the front door, but one of the police officers placed a hand on his shoulder and blocked his path. The man slid his fingers through his hair and gripped his head. Taking a few steps away from the door, he pulled his cell from his hip and focused on the screen in his hand. Would this man be a problem? Brett would have to come back to the house later, when the commotion died down. Hopefully, he'd be able to retrieve the picture. If not, that one snapshot could be his downfall. Chapter 11 Julia stared at the computer screen and tapped open another link. She'd been scanning the company's listings for possible locations for coal. 
Glancing at her notebook for the specifications again, she let out a frustrated sigh. She'd found several options for him, if he was willing to share walls with another company. But he'd been adamant about that. He wanted a building all to himself. Julia glanced up when Brett entered the office. The man was good-looking, but she couldn't help but compare him to Cole. Brett looked like a Hollywood actor, prepped and primed for glamorous photo shoots. But Cole had a rugged, handsome quality that she hadn't noticed before. Cole was more masculine, with his beard and muscular frame. He'd always been reserved when she'd waited on him at the restaurant. It was like he blended into the environment. Maybe it was so he could observe without being noticed. Did he learn to do that in the military? She didn't know, but last night she'd seen a different side of him. He talked and joked with her over dinner, and then politely laid out his specifications. She didn't know if Cole was seeing anyone, but from how he'd behaved, she didn't think he was. She could go to Alicia or Bella to find that information, but if she showed any curiosity in his relationship status, they would assume she was interested in him. Plus, she wasn't sure she could trust them not to tell their boyfriends, who would then say something to Cole. She didn't want to make their business relationship difficult, so she'd have to just wait it out. She sighed. She was behaving like a high schooler crushing on the quarterback. She needed to ignore Kim's teasing, behave like an adult. Brett sat in his chair and booted up his computer. He was glad that his computer had a security film on it to prevent anyone from seeing what he was looking at. He needed to collect himself and get his emotions under control. He worked hard to keep everything together, to make a good impression. He couldn't let everything crumble right now. He had to control the fallout. Julia looked at her computer but lifted her eyes so she could sneak another peek at Brett. She considered asking him for advice on finding business spaces, but he looked flustered. Had he lost a sale? Brett opened the web browser and typed Carisburg, woman, death, into the search engine. Several articles popped up. Most of them referenced the previous deaths of women who died in accidents or from disease. But as he scrolled through the article, he came to the one he was looking for. He clicked the link and read the article. Relief flooded him as Mandy's death was reported as a suicide. There was no mention of a photo or a suspected foul play. He had time. He'd return to her house tonight to retrieve the picture. No one would know what he'd done. Her death would remain a suicide. He smiled and closed the browser. Chapter 12 Cole slowed the truck as he passed the bus stop and came to a halt at the red light. The pompous picture of Brett Silva smiled at him from the bench. This had to be the fifth picture of the jerk he'd seen today. It was like the man was taunting him, following him around to rub his face in the fact that Brett could look at Julia all day at work, while Cole was stuck fantasizing about her. The bastard was probably hitting on her, too. Cole knew he was being irrational. Julia hadn't seemed interested in Brett as anything more than a mentor. Plus, she'd flirted with him at the restaurant. He couldn't help but smile as he thought about her showing him the ins and outs. Damn, his blood heated in his veins at the memory. With another glance at the picture on the bench, his grimace returned. He couldn't help but wonder if Julia was having another working lunch with her mentor. Maybe irrational wasn't the right word. Maybe the right word was jealous. He was positive that Brett Silva was attracted to Julia. No way a man helps out the new pretty co-worker without being attracted to her. Brett didn't need to waste his time with a newbie at work, 
Sakol knew Brett had helped her for a reason, and Cole assumed it was to get in her pants. Bastard. Jack eyed Cole from the passenger seat and followed Cole's line of sight, stopping on the empty bus stop bench. Cole had been off all day. He'd been distracted, and Jack's jokes bombed like waterlogged fireworks, barely igniting even a hint of a smile. What's with you today? Jack asked. Cole didn't have off days. Cole was a constant. The man could interact with killers or leaders of small countries and never betray his thoughts or his true opinion of them. What the hell was he staring at? Jack looked around. Cole's gaze cut to Jack and then back to the picture of the haughty, successful Brett Silva. The man's professionally whitened smile set Cole's teeth on edge. Could the man not see how ridiculously white his teeth were? They had to glow in the dark, and the hair, gelled into place without a single errant strand on his head, revealed a man with some serious control issues. Jack glanced at the bench again and then back at Cole. Restful residence, Jack scoffed, jerking his thumb in the direction of the bench. What the hell kind of name is that for a realty company? It sounds more like you're hiring the Grim Reaper to assist you into the afterlife. Cole grunted in agreement. I know. Crazy name. Amazing they're the top realty company in the area. Jack laughed and nodded his head in agreement, narrowing his eyes as he stared at Cole. Although, savage security isn't much better. It's like, Jack waved his hand and mimicked, Hey, we're a bunch of savage monsters who know how to kick ass. Work with us. I know. Ridiculous name for a company, Cole replied, his lips curling into a snarl. Restful residence. He mumbled as his gaze locked on Brett Silva's image. Jack cocked his head and then motioned to the stoplight. The light is green. What is wrong with you? Cole hadn't even reacted to his smart-ass comment about Savage Security's name. Nothing. Cole grouched back. He pressed his foot on the accelerator and eased through the intersection. He had to get his head out of his ass. He wasn't the type of guy to be intimidated by another man. Hell, he could take Brett Silva down before the guy even realized that Cole was a threat. Jack cleared his throat. Look, I know you're my boss and all, but I gotta be honest with you. You're off. He shook his head and shot a warning look to Cole. Something is eating at you. Do you need help with anything? It had been a while since they'd shut down the terrorist cell gunning for them. Jack had assumed that the issue had been resolved. Has something happened? Did you get some news from Captain Wallace? Are we in danger? Danger? Cole glanced back at Jack his eyes narrowing with irritation. Don't you think I'd tell you if you were in danger? Jack tossed his hands out and bobbed his head from side to side. Oh, that would be your standard operating procedure. But you're not yourself right now. So, tell me, what's wrong? Cole wasn't about to get into his feelings for Julia, but he needed to say something. He scraped his hand through his beard and asked, What? Suddenly you're Oprah? Jack's radar was up, so Cole needed to come up with something. Or Jack would relentlessly dig into his life. Look, our office building was almost blown to hell because Eric tried to plant bombs in it. I don't want to put others at risk. I'm looking for a new space. Jack snorted. No shit, we're moving? He laughed and hooked his thumb over his shoulder in the direction of the bus bench. Wait, he paused. Please tell me you're not using the Grim Reaper Realty Company. The name is Restful Residence, Cole mumbled. 
Who the hell came up with that name? Jack's shoulders shook as he enjoyed the tidbit of information. So you're using, he spoke in a formal accent, restful residence. Cole flipped the blinker and eased into the other lane. Wait, Jack said as his memory clicked through the day's events. There was one picture that he'd seen several times that day. Are you using that pompous ass whose picture is all over town? Cole snorted. No. Working with Brett Silva would be a challenge. Cole knew that he'd spend the time critiquing what was genuine and what was artificial on the man. He'd never get through the chore of looking at locations with the ass. Cole didn't handle fake well. Huh. Jack rolled his shoulders. Wait, did that guy turn you down? What a piece of... Cole pulled into the parking space at their office building and cut Jack off. No, he didn't turn me down. Why would I want to work with that jerk? Jack noted the name-calling by Cole. He didn't go around insulting people for no reason. That was more of Jack's specialty. He narrowed his eyes at Cole. Was he rude to you when you showed up at his office? If he was, Jack's voice took on a menacing tone. I'll kick his ass for you. Jack tossed out a wink. Defend your honor. Cole harumphed. No, I haven't been to his office. He regretted the words as soon as they left his mouth. He had given more information away than he needed to. No way was Jack missing that. So you haven't met him, but you still dislike him. And pretty strongly, I may add. Jack chewed the inside of his cheek as he gazed up at the sky and thought, Who are you using? What's the agent's name? There had to be a connection. Cole didn't dish out frustration for no reason. It's a woman, isn't it? She cute? Jack asked with the cocky smirk of a Chippendale dancer. What's with all the questions? When I know more, I'll tell you. Cole opened the driver's side door and got out of the truck. He just had to make it to his office and shut the door. Then he wouldn't have to listen to Jack or evade any more questions. Jack caught up to Cole as they made their way into the building. I didn't catch the agent's name. He knew that was it. Only a woman could shake Cole's steady persona. Jack decided he needed to scan the Restful Residence website for the hot female realtors. How many could there be? Cole stopped and faced Jack. So, Bella's been smiling a lot lately. Does that have anything to do with you? Do I need to talk to you two about workplace relationships or sexual harassment? Jack smiled, and he knew his eyes even twinkled a little. I don't kiss and tell, he stated, not worrying about the smirk that graced his face. Nice evasive move, though, turning the questioning around on me. Ha! Cole laughed and headed into the building again. Don't screw this up. I'm not getting rid of her. He called over his shoulder as he cut through the main lobby of the building towards their office. Jack's eyebrows pinched together. You mean, you'd get rid of me? He was almost insulted, but his confidence knew no bounds. Cole held out his hands, palms up. She's irreplaceable, he said with a shake of his head. Then he pulled open the door that opened to the savage security lobby. Ah, Jack nodded his head. You've got me there. I have to agree with you. Bella came into sight. She was sitting at her desk, her fingers flying over the keyboard. He couldn't help but think of her fingers stroking him and how she sounded when she came. How many more hours until he could get her home? He glanced at his watch. As Cole continued down the hallway to his office, Jack called out, 
I'll look that information up online. I bet it's on the company website. Cole turned at the door to his office and offered Jack a contentious smile. Jack could look all he wanted. As of this morning, Julia wasn't on the Restful Residence website. Cole would have to confess eventually, but he'd cross that bridge when he came to it. Before we say goodbye, I have a friend I'd like you to meet. Mary Duke is a prolific writer on Amazon's Vela platform. Her books range from supernatural, thriller and suspense, YA and stinging romance. There's something for everyone in Mary's repertoire. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope that you enjoyed these chapters from Stolen Kiss. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.